listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel on this April the 14th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me to give you some good news this Holy Week is the Reverend Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing really pretty good. I'm getting ready for Monday, Thursday services today, Good Friday, tomorrow, and big Easter services on Sunday. So looking forward to all of that. And it's really a culmination of the whole year where Easter really ought to be talked about every Sunday. But we have a special day, Easter Sunday, to really affirm what it's all about. Yeah, it's the busiest time for our church workers, especially for our pastors, as they come up with various messages. I know when I was in the parish, if I had more than one Easter service, I would have separate sermons for each service because some some of the members would, would attend all the services on Easter. Yes, yeah, they, they enjoy doing that. And uh, we're having the Lord's Supper not only for Easter at the two services, but also on Monday, Thursday, tonight. So looking mm. forward to that after about a oh, 400-mile round trip today and then on Sunday, similar oh on the way home. So we're looking forward to all of that. But we've got some really kind of good news. I want you to repeat the good news uh, about what happened to that pastor who wrote a book about marriage is about male and female, and then kind of give us an update as to what's happened. The pastor published the pamphlet in his church. It was written by a member of parliament, uh, a lady doctor, and the pamphlet was entitled male and female, he created them homosexual relationships challenged the Christian concept of humanity. It was published back in 2004. By uh, 2019, criminal charges were were placed upon her and the the bishop of the uh, Finnish Lutheran Mission Society. Yeah, that's who uh, I was talking about was the bishop who had written yes. articles also. Oh, he had so, written some articles too. Okay. Yeah, well, they were so both, it just wasn't they her. Were, they were both of them who were being prosecuted for what they called hate crime. And what was the result of the prosecution? Well, the prosecution was uh, was handed a defeat on, on uh, March 30th. The, the uh, District Court of Finland the district that they were in uh, had said that it's not the district court to interpret the biblical concepts that were on there and uh, ordered that the fees be paid by the state of $66,000, over $66,000. So they they had, had a clear uh, win over that, that they did not agitate hate speech, but the prosecution had seven days to appeal it to the appellate court. And? 
Hello? And they did. Yes. Uh, you got to tell that they not only had the seven days, but they did appeal it. Oh, they did. You know. Um, so we're waiting uh, now to see what that court case, this is going to a different set of judges, too, uh, a higher court. Right. Well, they're very hopeful that uh, that they will see it, too, that, that way. That Actually, it, it revolves around what we talked about this last week, that Romans chapter 1, verses 24 to 27, uh, uh, about uh, handing themselves over to their passions for that. It was a direct quote of Scripture. And the prosecution kind of indicated that it was hate speech of the the Bible. And, uh, in fact, uh, we even discussed the the word sin. Prosecution saw that as a harmful speech. Yes. Uh, The important point that we need to make there is they who are bringing the charges against them, the gay group, thinks it's a speech because they were offended. And I made the point, well, let's say you talk against pedophiles and they're going to be offended by that. So is that hate speech? Speaking out against pedophiles or rapists or these kinds of individuals uh, robbing banks and this sort of thing. You, you couldn't speak out against anything because whoever is doing it is going to be offended. Yeah. And that's not well, the definition of hate speech. And well, and Paul, yeah, uh, you bring that up, and, and uh, Paul makes it clear in First Corinthians chapter six: Do we not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived: neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, adulterers nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunks, nor revilers, will inherit the kingdom of God. So, I are mean, those it's a statements, whole list of Are those statements yeah. hate state statements? Yeah, they're not. It's a concept. It's a concept of, of sin that and that uh, we're all involved. Cause yes, you go but are on, they hate statements? They're law statements. They're not hate statements. This is an important distinction we need to make here, and the court even said that, is that in Mm. the writings, nobody was saying that we are to hate gay people or rapists or pedophiles. We're still to love the people. We hate the action. And there was nothing about hating the people in any of the writings done uh, by the uh, minister or by the uh, woman politician right. when they wrote. Well, so this is really an important point to keep in mind that there was no hate. It was hate against sin, not hate the person. And you go on in that same category that I just read in verse 11, and some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So God's love, as we celebrate today, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, 
and talk about the sacrifice that Christ made to save all mankind, including those who practice homosexuality and in all kinds of manners of sin there, that Jesus, God's love is, is for, for all that have sinned, fall short. I think it really comes down to what do you want to call sin? Well, we got to make a very clear statement, though, that even Christians continue to sin in these areas. I think that's so an important point, yeah. So what does it mean that we're washed in the blood of Christ if we continue to sin? Well, our baptism, you know, we sin daily much. And we, we go and repent and, and uh, receive the forgiveness yeah. through, through, through Christ. That, that's the point to make, is that there is no repentance on the part of those who are in the gay lifestyle if they have not been washed by the blood of Christ. And I, I, I know gay people, we've worked with them, and sometimes they still get, um, well, tempted to do things. And just like people get tempted to swear, etc. So it doesn't mean that we stop from sinning, but we definitely begin to repent of that sin, which is sadness over how we are treating God. And that makes a, a big difference. So I'm with you hoping that the new court will say the same thing the old court said, is that this is not hate speech. This is just biblical theology, and the government has no right to usurp what the church is saying. Right. And, you know, and follow up to what you what you were talking about that we we repent of our sins. We do that when we go in, into our worship services and have that confession of sins. I, a poor miserable sinner, you know, confess unto you all my sins. You know that what God calls sin. That's what I'm repenting of. And that sin can be done by what thought. Word or deed. Word and deed, yes. So we continue to be sinners because of our old Adam, but through repentance and the forgiveness of sins, we are therefore no longer those who practice it without repentance. We may right. sin, but there is repentance and there's less sin as we come and grow in the faith. <laughs> or... Uh... Um, what about the person who says he's, he's repented of his sins there in the church service, and he's on his way up to the communion altar, and he catches himself in another sin? Should he take communion? That's why he should take communion. Yeah. That's, that's often what, what uh, I've said when they come up and ask me about that. Say, so, yeah, no. Uh, and uh, what sure always that, has to happen in a worship service before you give the Lord's Supper out? There has well, we to be. Give, uh, yes, the confession of sins and absolution. Exactly, and, and that's what's important. And remember, it's upon this your confession, that confession between you and God. So. We're going to wait and hopefully hear some more good news on that. 
We've already heard the good news that the lower court has indicated they're not guilty. But there was another article that we really need to get to yet today that I think really helps us understand uh, people in the United States, namely said most Americans say that the moral lessons of Easter and Passover are important to the country's future. And that was in a poll that occurred recently. And they were asking how likely U.S. voters felt about the influence of Easter and Passover. And, of course, Passover is the annual Jewish observance celebrating the exodus out of Egypt in ancient history. And what kind of percentages do we have uh, with this uh, question about whether they believe the moral lessons found in the holidays of Easter and Passover are important or not? Well, more than two-thirds of the likely voters of the United States believe that the moral lessons of Easter and Passover are important to ensuring a strong America for future generations. It goes on to talk about that that uh, 72.6% believe that the moral lessons found on Easter and Passover are, are somewhat important or very important. That is really good news because what's important about that is that a lot of people think that, well, Christianity is being uh, neglected, etc. But when you have 72% of Americans believing that the moral lessons found in the holidays of Easter and Passover are important or very important, that does guarantee a, a strong understanding of morality uh, for the future. Yeah, that's, that's on one level. But I'm wondering on another level, uh, how about the sacrifice of Christ and salvation? Is that not central to, to what we're looking at in terms of Good Friday and Easter? Well, they mention Easter. So um, when we talk about Easter, we're talking about Jesus. In fact, the morality that they're talking about, they say, is the following. Parents want our children to be taught to know and respect God, to value freedom, observe the golden rule, and to achieve a good and great society through hard work and sacrifice. And, and that's the political realm. Uh, they don't talk much about the spiritual realm, about Jesus, because they find that both Easter and Passover have these other fundamental values taught to us through our Judeo-Christian heritage. And they say this is the foundation of all that is exceptional about the United States of America. Mm. Well, it also gives a platform, does it not, for us to jump off from there and, and witness to, to those that uh, may not be Christian 
or may believe in historic faith of, of Christ and not the, the, the trusting that he died for our sins in order to reach out to, to other people. Well, it all boils down to one question, and this is at the end of the article. Who do you think should decide what's best for you and your families? They say that unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., they shouldn't be allowed to make sweeping decisions that impact millions of Americas, Americans, but right now they do. Who do you think should decide, you and your family or the feds? And they say, we'd vote for the American people every single time. And there are some situations where school teachers, for example, are, are not allowing students to even read the Bible in their spare time. Mm. Yeah, I think that's important. David. Yeah, I, I thought about that too, in terms of uh, of who we elected. We we elect them based upon promises that they make when they go to Washington, but in particular that they 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 obey the laws of the land and and bring peace and justice to to all. And it doesn't seem like that that seems to be the case. It's, as you say, they they make laws without uh, thinking about what what the American people are wishing. Yeah, that's why we hope the Supreme Court will reverse Roe v. Wade, uh, because it was really founded on ridiculous notions of philosophy and medicine that are simply untrue. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I just enjoy watching movies where a woman who's married gets pregnant and they're all happy about it. Uh, they, they don't think it's just nothing within her womb. They think it's a, a child. And when she's hurt, that's really sad. Yeah, I think that's an important point that, that, that you make there, that we, the, the unborn and then the, also the rights of people that, uh, to, to free speech, much like uh, the Finnish case, we're running into that where, like you said, the child is not allowed to read the Bible at school in its free time or uh, a second grader able to witness out on the playground about Jesus. Yeah, that was a second grader, and he wasn't doing it during school time, but he was even bullied. And we haven't heard that they're taking that to court also. We haven't heard yet the outcome uh, of that particular case, and hopefully we will hear it. I, I looked up the author of the article originally, but there was nothing more on it than what we had already read. And I think that occurred in Michigan, didn't it? Or Wisconsin? Yeah, 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 Michigan or Wisconsin, the other one. Reading the Bible was down in Florida. Exactly. So parents really need to be aware of what teachers are talking about. When I was um, took my first call in Sturgis, Michigan, there was a public school there, and I was teaching the kids in confirmation, 
And they were coming up with ideas that I did not think were biblical. And when I asked them about it, they said, well, that's what our school teacher is telling us. So I went to the principal and asked if it would be okay if I sat in on a class. And he said, yes. Well, they didn't realize I had decided to sit on the class for a whole week. And the teacher was getting really nervous and went back to the principal and said that she was unable to teach because I was there. And I had come with my collar and all this sort of thing. And sure enough, they were teaching immorality. And, right. uh, and I've, I've said that before about the, the pandemic that we've gone through with COVID when we had lockdowns and parents started spending more time with their children and their education or finding out what their children were being taught and that we've seen such a, uh, a rise in, in interest in what they're teaching. And I, I think that's an uh, unintended uh, good consequence that we had of the, of the virus. Yes, uh, Mark Meckler, who is the president of those who had done the poll, the Convention of States Action, said in an emailed press release, he's thought that the findings showed that contrary to popular belief, Americans do not place less and less value on faith, which I found kind of interesting. Although there was a real distinction uh, between Republicans and Democrats. Did you catch that? Yeah, the Republicans were much higher on their, their religious faith and the Democrats were, were considerably lower. Yeah, the Republicans were 66% said that morality was very important compared to 35.9% of Democrats. And when they asked the question, do you think they are not important at all? 8%, 8 8.7% of Republicans said, no, the moral lessons were not important but 27.8% of Democrat respondents said the same. And so we see a real shift, not only in political views, but in the views of morality. And of course, it's been during this time that abortion's been okay, gay marriage is okay. And what's this nonsense about little girls deciding they wanna be boys? Yeah, the transgender identity that some yes. of the states are realizing in the first and second grade or kindergarten. Yeah, uh, teachers are not even permitted to tell the parents that the children are going through surgery to change their sex from female to male or from male to female. And now some states are really looking at that closer because they have men who pretend that they're females and of course they're breaking all the sports uh activities uh the sports what do you call that well the various sports swimming uh 
Tracks, breaking the records. The records is the word I was looking for. Yeah, oh, they yeah. Were, they're breaking the records, and they're pretending to be female when they really aren't. You are what you are born as, and this transgenderism well, that, is ridiculous. And that brings us full circle back to, to Finland, to to the pamphlet that was published in 2004, where he created a male and female and the homosexual relationship challenged the Christian's concept of humanity. I mean, you go even even back to uh, Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, which talks about male and female, that uh, this is how God intended his creation to be. I heard a Christian song by a Christian group, and one of the lines was, he created them, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> well, that's a good way to put it. But uh, it's a reminder to for us to invite everyone, including, including the LGBTQ, to come Sunday morning and celebrate Christ's resurrection, that he died for the sins of all mankind, them, us, all of us that confess Christ. Yes, when we send missionaries even overseas, we just don't send them to Christians. Uh, we love to send them to non-Christians to help them to understand a view of reality from God's point of view rather than from the viewpoint of what people think is God because that makes a huge difference in your life. And therefore, living a life of morality can bring blessings, etc., that are not found in those who are in the hated lives of immorality. And if we really hated them, we wouldn't talk to them at all because, well, that'd be good. They go to hell, but we don't want that to happen. We want them to come to heaven like we're going. Well said, well said. I can't say it any better. All right. Thanks so very much for these two items. We'll have to wait and see what the new court case is going to be doing. You may have questions. Uh, we are not on the air tomorrow live because of Good Friday. But we'll be back on Monday uh, taking a look at another passage for the following Sunday from a law gospel point of view. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.